Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks pick up another win, they beat the Kings. They were down after three quarters, but a big fourth quarter where they outscored Sacramento 35-21, to led to another double-digit win, 123-111 in the game that was Cream City versus Sacktown, baby. I just, I just, I couldn't. I, I'm a child. I couldn't help it. I like, I had to bring that up. I'm sorry to everyone. I apologize. It's, it's uh, I don't even really want to indulge that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that it's gonna be a whole podcast. Of, that that sort of uh, childish, um, uh, immature thinking. But I actually had not even really ever thought of Sacktown that way. Um, so now I think you just ruined Sacktown for nice. me. Nice, perfect. I'm glad about that. So con- congrats. Yeah. Weird, weird game. Um, you know, I kind of was thinking about this game. Obviously, uh, Giannis doesn't play for the best possible reason. The birth of right. Liam Charles Adetokounmpo. So, uh, congrats to Giannis, uh, who does not listen to this podcast, uh, <laughs> most likely. Um, or maybe, maybe he's trying to, you know, maybe he's uh, going to be up late at night. Maybe he's going to be loading up the, the, uh, the iPhone with some pods. Maybe he's going to throw a lockdown yeah. box in his rotation. So hey, hey, hey Giannis, congrats, congrats, bro! Uh, <laughs> uh, big, big, uh, big week for you. A um, little bit different than when I had my daughter just about two years ago. Uh, my the day my daughter was born, Giannis, uh, I think he sat out two games in a row uh, with kind of knee soreness, then came back and scored forty-one against the Nets. So um, yeah, my daughter's birth, uh, Giannis played better than uh, on his own child's birth when uh, he just he just didn't pee. But uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see if he's back on Wednesday against the Pacers. And if not, um, you know, then he'll have a pretty long run without playing competitive basketball uh, since we're going to be heading to the All-Star break. But uh, shout out to Giannis and uh, his girlfriend, Mariah, because uh, there's nothing better than uh, welcoming a little one. Nothing better slash, um, I don't know if, I, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. You just got to kind of do it, Kane. Like at, at some point, uh, if you if you have the, the fortune to, to have a child you just sort of you just sort of figure it out as you go i think blood blood yeah. was was talking about that tonight like you know like offering little tips here and there but saying yes we'll just have to figure out which i think is part of the fun of having a child you know every kid's different you just sort of figure it out plus when you're you know a millionaire superstar athlete you can afford to you know have a little <laughs> bit of help so uh that 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 is one way in which Giannis being a parent is a little bit different than than me, me becoming a parent we did not have a, a wet nurse or uh, any any type of any type of people other than our, our families uh, helping us out once once we got out. But I did have an extended paternity leave, so I had that on Giannis. Giannis will not be getting any extended paternity leave. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, Bucks still perfect without Giannis. Uh, and have, have they had a single uh, non Giannis game that wasn't a double digit win? Is that did I, I thought I saw something saying that like they basically have blown out. 
opponents in every game that Giannis hasn't played. They're five and zero, um, and I, I wasn't sure if, if you can fact check that for me, but um, it is it is it. I'm not shocked. I mean, I expect them to win every game, and I would say they obviously they may, have not obviously faced like you know the Lakers or you know Sixers without Giannis. So it's not like they've necessarily faced the stiffest competition in the world, but. Um, it's pretty remarkable that we just sort of expect them to roll even when Giannis isn't playing. And, you know, I'd say this game was closer than the final score maybe suggested. Um, it was definitely a competitive game, but, um, you know, you just have to give so much credit to the supporting cast because, you know, again, Giannis is out. Last time Middleton scores 51, Bledsoe 34. Tonight, both guys go for 28. Chris on triple dub, double watch. Bledsoe on double, double, triple double watch as well, and Brook Lopez continues his strong offensive play with 20 points on 12 shots. Um, just a, a lot to like from the other Bucks, which um, you know has been one of the huge themes of this season. Yeah, so Giannis, as you've pointed to, has missed five games now, uh, in, including tonight. Now they are five and zero with an average winning margin of sixteen point eight points, <laughs> and yeah, every single one of those has been by uh, double digits. They've had a couple of twenty point wins in there as well. So it's kind of one of those strange things. Uh, they obviously uh, miss having the best player in the world on their team. But they're they're just such a a well drilled team. Everyone knows what they're supposed to be uh, supposed to do. They have guys that can uh, slot in and play a role. And perhaps more importantly, those three guys you mentioned, Bledsoe, Lopez, and Milton, uh, they're just a bit more aggressive. They get more opportunities. They get more shots up. I know uh, you mentioned some of the numbers there, but we saw early in this one, Brook Lopez in particular. I remember. He had not had more than 20 points in any game this season up until Saturday. Uh, now he's had back-to-back games with the 23 points against Orlando and 20 uh, tonight against Sacramento. And you saw it from the, from the outside. You saw it on the inside. Uh, the Kings go small, as we saw a few weeks ago in Sacramento as well, uh, where, you know, at times it's, it's, it's tough to play these big guys. Brook only plays 25 minutes. But if you look at, look at it the other way, you flip the script a little bit. There was a couple of times there where Lopez, they threw the quick double team at him kind of looked like it, it caught him off guard a little bit but then Lopez was like all right then what you little fellas want to like try and guard me here I'm just going to slow motion uh, my way to the to the basket and end up scoring on you and he became quite a weapon it was probably on on the other end where Bud uh you know eventually went small there was a couple of times where Bielita had him out on the perimeter and was just jacking threes it, it's a little bit difficult there but uh, Lopez had an, another big impact in this game and he's one of those guys that when Giannis is out uh, he really takes takes the responsibility of uh, getting some more shots up and being more of a focal point for the offense. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven, or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get the team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. 
we look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, and it makes sense because, you know, the reason you really value Brooke as a spacer is because you want that space yeah, so that yeah. Giannis can operate. And obviously without Giannis, um, you know, again, you still want, you know, Bledsoe would be the best example. You obviously want to still create space. And, and that's obviously just generally the Bucks ethos, regardless of whether Giannis is on the floor or not. But, um, but there's, you know, definitely more room. Uh, to operate for Brooke down low. He's not getting in Giannis's way or anything like that if he's down there. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because, uh, I mean, Sacramento starts out with a, a little bit more of a traditional lineup with Harrison Barnes as a very big three, Harry, Harry Giles at center, Bielitsa nominally as the foreman. Um, but, you know, in the second quarter in particular, they they really tried to, you know, basically say, okay, you know, especially if you don't have Giannis out there, you can't just put Giannis at center and switch everything uh, with Lopez playing well. They put Barnes out there and at one point, you know, Barnes is playing center basically. And they were doing basically Lopez and Barnes for, for stretches were, were essentially trading baskets um, as Barnes got really hot from three. Uh, even as Brooke was kind of doing also what, what he wanted, especially down low also at two out of four threes, which was encouraging to see, but um, but and again, it's this is kind of one of those things. I mean, we saw them go really small, do some similar stuff um, in Sacramento. I think in that Sacramento game, uh, Bielitsa played huge minutes. He plays 34 minutes tonight, so he played uh, big minutes again tonight. And he's obviously kind of a, a weird and tough matchup because he's he's obviously not you know his foot speed is 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 not exactly anything to write home about. But you know, we saw him hit a couple of. I mean, how far out were a couple of those threes? 30? 30, 30 <laughs> against, feet? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were some some really deep threes that, that he knocked down tonight. Um, so he's kind of a tough cover in a small lineup. And then Barnes, obviously much more mobile uh, than Bielitsa is. Maybe not quite the super deep three-point shooter, but Barnes got hot from three. Um, I think he started five out of seven or something like that from three, five out of six from three. Uh, he finishes five out of nine, so... Um, still a good night for him, 23 on 13 shots. He was, you know, really the most effective uh, King offensive player uh, that they had. Uh, and, you know, I thought Brooke Lopez and the rest of the Bucks did a great job on, on De'Aaron uh, Fox. Uh, Fox, yeah. hey, he hit two out of five threes, but he was three out of 14 on twos. And just out of control. Had, yeah, he had just the hardest time getting anything going to the basket, which – is really important when you think about well, why do you create you know that space for those small lineups? Well, part of it's because Fox is not a good three-point shooter. You want to create all those lanes for Fox to get going to the rim, and obviously the Bucks you know still got Brook out there for 25 minutes, even with the small lineups. You know they, they I mean the Bucks definitely probably maybe would have liked to play Brook even more the way he, he was playing offensively, but I think there were just some concerns about you know again the the lack of size. And, uh, that Toronto was throwing out there, and, or not Toronto, that Sacramento was putting out there. In fact, they were really able to spread the floor and you know take Brook away from the basket, which obviously is where you want him. He still had three blocks um, and was uh, plus 10 in, in those 25 minutes. I mean, they, they won those minutes for sure, um, but they made it hard. And, and it, you know, I don't know if there's any team – I mean, that's kind of, I think, an interesting question when you play a game like this. You know, Sacramento did similar stuff when the Bucks beat them in Sacramento as well. I don't know if what the Kings did is necessarily that representative of what any of the, you know, kind of top six in the East might try to do to the Bucks, or, you know, what the Clippers or Lakers might try to do to the Bucks. Like, 
you know, among the elite teams, I don't, I don't know if playing super small is really going to be something that's a going to be a big thing in the playoffs this year. You know, when you just think about the personnel that these teams have, um, but either way, I, I think it's good that the Bucks face these kind of games because again, it just tests you in different ways, kind of forces Bud to maybe experiment more, or, you know, realize what he can and can't do. Um, you know, Ursan Eli Silver starts in the honest place tonight. Um, really struggled in the first half, zero points, four fouls. Um, came around a bit in the second half, finishes with seven points, uh, eight rebounds. But, um, you know, again, Brooke obviously had some challenges covering small guys. Ursan, similar deal. And, and Ursan, on the flip side, can't take advantage of, you know, mismatches offensively in the way Brooke can. Um, so, I mean, it, ironically, on Marvin Williams, um, first night on the Bucks bench, this was probably a classic game where you really would have liked to have Marvin Williams out there uh, as an option, but you know, Bud wasn't uh, wasn't expecting him to play, having just signed today, and, and obviously, ultimately, that that was the case. He didn't play tonight, but um, I thought this was a probably a pretty good advertisement for hey, this is a, a scenario where Marvin Williams can be useful, and obviously, not having Giannis is also a huge part of the story here, but um, you know, just sort of underscored what having a guy like Marvin out there, you know, that again, that, that can be very useful just because it lets you do some different things. You know, we saw them switch a, a little bit. Um, and, you know, certainly, you know, especially I think Ursan was the one having to switch a little bit more at times. Um, I don't know if they got, I don't know if he got like abused in switches or anything like that, but obviously with, with Marvin, you feel a bit better about doing that. And, you know, you feel a bit better about him kind of tracking outside to guard a, a guy like Harrison Barnes. 24 minutes tonight for Ursan, and, and he was a guy that I did want to point to, and, and for obvious reasons, because as you said, Marvin Williams was on the bench. Uh, I mean, Bud sort of said pregame that he, he didn't want to use him or he wasn't expecting to use him, which, which makes a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, when you watch this lineup, uh, obviously we've spoke a lot about uh, potentially a playoff series with the Boston Celtics, for instance. And while they, they normally would have a five, it might be a Daniel Tice, for instance, but uh, there's going to be times where you're going to have Jason Tatum playing the four, uh, Jalen Brown, whoever it may be. And you saw tonight that it's very difficult for Ersan to guard these guys on the perimeter and not foul. I mean, he picked up four fouls uh, pretty quickly in this one. Uh, as I said, he ends up playing uh, 24 minutes, but there's no question that tonight is a night for mine that if this game had been next week, uh, not only would Marvin Williams probably get those minutes, but he would probably start uh, without Giannis. That's, that's what I would uh, you know, most likely expect. Uh, we got a chance to talk to Marvin Williams before the game. Uh, what an impressive guy. I mean, every, every single thing that he said uh, was, was professional, whether it was talking about Charlotte and the respect he has for that organization, whether it was uh, him saying that he just wants to be here and he just wants to fit in. And if, if he doesn't play some nights, he doesn't care. Uh, he just wants to play his role. He doesn't want to he, you know, interrupt anything that this team is trying to do. Like he said, uh, he's walking into a team on, 70, uh, on pace for 70 wins. Uh, he, he knows that whatever he's adding to this team is just going to be part of, of the system. He's not coming in to do any, any uh, you know, play a major role. He's here. He's happy. He's thankful for the opportunity to play uh, on a playoff team. As we sort of pointed to on, on yesterday's podcast, he hasn't played uh, too many playoff games over this last sort of six, seven uh, years. So he was uh, super excited to, to be here in Milwaukee. And, and like I said, just a really impressive guy. I, I don't know. I would probably guess 
that he's going to be in line to get some minutes uh, on Wednesday in Indiana. We don't know whether Giannis is going to play. I mean, I don't think it would surprise anyone if, if he took this game off and, and didn't go on the road and then said, okay, well, I get a few days off here before uh, All-Star Weekend, which is obviously, obviously just down in Chicago anyway. But, you know, certainly tonight, I think straight away, and it's kind of funny the way that that works out, that you see a matchup where you're like, okay, yeah, this is exactly the type of game where it might not work for Osan, but you add a guy in Marvin Williams who can come in and play. And once again... I made the joke uh, during the game that DJ Shauna might be more of a chance to get minutes uh, than DJ Wilson. But uh, yeah, I mean, that guy is, that guy is buried. He, he's, he's not going to see playing time. And we said this last time they played the Kings when they went super small and DJ Wilson didn't play. But if he wasn't going to play tonight, I mean, that's all the indication you need to know uh, about where he's at right now. Yeah, and uh, you know Sterling Brown actually started the second half over Urson, and and Sterling had that terrific game in Sacramento when these teams last met. Sterling really kind of turned the tide of that game um, in the first game against the Kings, and tonight uh, eleven points on four out of eight shooting, three of five from deep, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block uh, in twenty four minutes. So another big opportunity for him to get some run. And, uh, you know, that's sort of, I think, been one of the interesting things about DJ not getting any minutes is that we've seen Bud go to, to Sterling over him in a lot of these kind of minutes where you would expect, okay, this, you know, if ever DJ was going to get a chance at rotation minutes, you know, it'd be in these games where Giannis isn't playing, um, Ursan starts, and obviously Ursan's not going to play 35 minutes. And so what do you do? And in, in a lot of these games, obviously, we're seeing Sterling be the guy that, um, actually get sort of these small ball four minutes. And so I think, uh, you know, kudos to Sterling for, I think, responding and, and hitting some shots. I think there was, you know, that period in the third quarter um, where, you know, it felt like kind of going back and forth. And um, it, it's interesting. I mean, the Kings ended up 14 out of 43 from three, 33%. Bucks 18 out of 42, 43%. So, I mean, that's really where they won this game. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, without Giannis, we mentioned last game was kind of underwhelming in the paint for the Bucks because Giannis didn't really have his, you know, best scoring game. Uh, they're actually outscored tonight in the paint, 46 to 40 without Giannis. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of figure it out a little bit. Again, I think the, you know, Kings did a nice job of just getting small guys out there, lots of shooters. Uh, they drive, they get you into rotation. Uh, Marcus Johnson on the, the TV call referred to it as putting you in the blender you know getting the defense having to move around which I think is a, a nice kind of visual uh way to sort of think about it and uh, you know you, you think about that leading to threes but I think for the Kings you know it, it also led to um kind of putting the Bucks defense on its heels obviously Bucks having to go smaller they have less rim protection out there and the net net was a, a rare game where the Bucks are outscored in the paint but uh thankfully the two-point line was uh, was their friend. And, and obviously, we talk a lot about games where the two-point variance maybe goes against the Bucks Tonight, it goes in their favor uh, as they shoot just a bit better. And, and again, there were definitely – there were periods where it seemed like the Kings were really just knocking down threes. You know, Heald, three out of seven. Fox, two out of five. Uh, Barnes, five out of nine. Um, but there were also periods where they just missed a lot of shots that, you know, maybe they should have made. Um, and so – you know, again, I think with, with Giannis out, you gladly take kind of any wins. You know, you're not going to be too picky uh, about saying, well, you're maybe a little bit luckier. You know, it was a three-point variance game that went in their favor. Um, but, 
you know, I think it's interesting to look at the accounting and, and so it's also kind of a credit to the Bucks. I mean, they play differently, obviously, when Giannis isn't out there, or at least they, you know, I think stylistically they, they play the same game, but it's obviously ultimately different guys have to be finishing possessions. And tonight, obviously, you know, the guys we've mentioned, you know, it's, it's definitely that next man up thing happens. Blood. So an efficient 28 on 16 shots, really nice to see him attacking and uh, getting the better of uh, his fellow Kentucky alum, De'Aaron Fox. seems like he's had a number of really big games against Fox where I think he's impressed. Uh, and obviously you mentioned Middleton. Nine out of 21, so a, a little bit of an off-shooting night for Chris Middleton, not shooting 50% from the floor mm-hmm. for a change, which you know, has been a bit spoiled. But, yeah, <laughs> but still four out of eight, four out of eight from three, six out of seven from the line. Um, what is his back-to-back double-doubles from him? Like, he had 13 rebounds in the last game too, right? Yeah. Um, and eight assists. I think he had six assists last game. I mean, just the, the stat stuffing that Chris has been doing lately is, uh, I mean, it's, it's remarkable, obviously, the efficient scoring. We've been talking about that for quite some time, but really just that really well-rounded game. Um, you know, it's it's especially obvious on, on nights like this where you uh, you obviously need someone to kind of fill the gap uh, of, of uh, left by Giannis. So, um, so yeah, it, it was definitely a uh, bit of an in, you know an interesting game, a different game. Um, but ultimately, you know, Bucks as they have in all five games that Giannis has missed in this season, they they kind of have enough to to kind of patch patch that very, very large Greek freak-sized hole in the, in the lineup. And, um, you know, I think, again, it's um, it's a good exercise, I think, for this team, too, to, you know, again, make sure that they play – that they can play for 48 minutes without him and, and the gravity that he creates. But, you know, given how well they've played without him on the court all year, in a lot of ways it's not surprising that they can do this. I, again, I, I'm not saying I, I want to be forced to watch the Bucks do this too too regularly but um when they occasionally have to do it it's it's nice to know they can yeah i'm glad you came back to chris milton because i, I kind of wanted to finish the the podcast talking about him uh you know on the season now i know we keep talking about his averages but 20.5 points uh 6.2 rebounds 4.3 assists he's getting you a steal as well at some point i, I want to maybe on an off day we've, we've got some time i guess over the all-star break to, to talk about uh random things but I, I kind of want to go through and talk about the possibility of all NBA. I, I know, you know, that, that is, is a di- really difficult spot in the league to be on the, uh, on the wing of forward and, and make an all NBA team. But his season is just ridiculous. And I know he's averaging over 20 points per game. So uh, maybe this isn't uh, such a big surprise, but 12 out of the last 14 games, he's had over 20 points now. Uh, obviously, the 50-point game was in that. And it was interesting tonight. Like you said, the 21 shots. So it's the second uh, most field goal attempts he's had in, in that stretch. Uh, he's been getting these 20 points so efficiently on, on uh, low shot totals. And one thing I noticed tonight, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, I, I think, but Middleton always is a guy that you see him every single game looking at the officials, asking the officials, where was the foul call? Tonight was fouled four times on shots, on jump shots. Uh, two of those, he made the the basket and then went to the to the free throw line as well. But uh, he seems to be getting more calls now. I don't know whether that's the effect of being a two time All Star or just the tear that he's on and the respect he's getting around the league. I don't know. I mean, we know that sometimes that's the way the officials work, but it seems like he's starting to get some of those calls. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I don't think at this point the way that he's playing. 
the level that he's playing at and the, the really the extended stretch that he's been on, I don't think all NBA is, is out of the question. Uh, it's probably something that needs a little bit more discussion and we can go through a bunch of different guys. But Chris Milton, again, I mean, he, he's always been good the last few years. When Giannis is out, you look at Chris Milton's numbers, they go up uh, through the roof, which is probably to be expected. But it's just a reminder that this guy... For all the questions, are, is he a good enough number two? Is he this? Is he that? What about some of these other guys that are doing putting up big stats on other teams as the lead uh, guy? There's no question if Chris Milton was getting 20 shots a night, then uh, he's going to be uh, probably get more attention around the league, more respect. He just fits into his role here. He's happy to play, uh, obviously, second fiddle to Giannis and just take what the offense gives him. But uh, like I said, one hell of a season and, and really one hell of a player. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just looking at the all-star rosters just to kind of think through, you know, from yeah. an all-NBA perspective. And if you're talking about guys who are definitely going to be forwards on the on the all-NBA roster, um, and again, there's always like a little bit of, you know, like can you put Anthony Davis at center? There's always kind of that kind of crap, which, you know, we can, we can dig into the details of some other time. But I think if you're just talking about like true forwards who would be ahead of him, um, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, I think are the no-brainer guys that that you know are clearly are, are are ahead of Chris. But you know, you kind of look at all a lot of these other guys. I mean, Anthony Davis, he's mostly played forward, so I mean, you could certainly say, well, he'll probably be there. But if you know the kind of voters cheat and they say that he's a center, then okay, that that probably helps. Um, and then you kind of go down the line, and it's like, well, Doncic. I think he'll probably be. I don't know. Is he is he considered a guard? Because if he's hmm. a guard, then yeah. he's not in there. Simmons, I think, typically is considered a guard, and I think you would could argue that Chris is had a better year than Simmons. Um, and then you know Siakam. I mean, the funny part is you look at Siakam's numbers. Um, I imagine he'll he'll get. I imagine he would get All NBA ahead of Chris just because um, he's the best player on the Raptors, who've been awesome and. Um, I think defensively he does more just with his versatility than than Chris does. I mean, not that Chris is a, uh, obviously not a good defender, but Siakam does a little bit more. But, I mean, you just look at, like, the numbers. Like, Chris is statistically having a better year than Pascal Siakam, especially when you start getting some of the advanced numbers. Um, and, you know, you get past that. Um, again, like, Jimmy Butler, like, having a good year, but, I mean, definitely not as efficient as Chris. Um, has better assist numbers, but uh, yeah, it, it's a conversation, I think, which I think is, you know, if you were t telling us, even as people who I would say are, you know, have been advocates for Chris Middleton and felt like you had to bring him back, had to give him that big money contract, um, you know, did would either of us have said that there would be a Chris Middleton all-NBA debate coming into the season? <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I, I don't think any of us would have said that publicly or claim that publicly just because again that that's that's a really high bar just given how talented uh you know the other guys are out there in the league at that at the, that position so um yeah i mean hopefully uh you've got one more game here before the all-star break and uh just the tear that he's been on his january and february numbers are just terrific i mean it's it's really remarkable what what he's doing and you know again you just you just say, all right, come on, let's get to the playoffs with, with him yeah, being yeah. this hot. Let's just let's just hit the fast forward button and keep, you know, Bledsoe, Middleton, and Giannis, Lopez, especially now that Brooks hitting those threes, now that you've been jinxing him. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, Still can't shoot, by the way. I reverse, just want to make that clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you've been reverse jinxing Brooke, uh, let's make sure we get, get him uh, fast forwarded <laughs> to uh, 
to to the playoffs as well because um you know if you can get these guys playing at this level heading into the postseason obviously you're going to be pretty thrilled so um yeah just trying to avoid banana peels and um you know uh, get to get the playoffs healthy and with these guys maintaining the run of form that they've been on all right, so before we wrap this up, I, I do want to just quickly mention that uh, tomorrow or today, so Tuesday, uh, whenever everyone is listening to this, I mean, I guess it's only midnight, so it will be today. I am uh, making the trip to Indiana with Eric again. Uh, for those that have listened to the podcast for a long time, they know that um, me and Eric nearly perished on our uh, drive to Indianapolis last season. And uh, I've checked the weather. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. But uh, if this is the last pod I have, uh, which, you know, I mean, hopefully it doesn't. But if we get stuck out in the middle of Indiana again, uh, it's been real, Frank. What was the name of that pizza? Didn't you guys stop at a pizza place or something like that? What, well, what was we didn't. That? It's called Bronco's Pizza. And uh, Bron- <laughs> there's going to be a full review of how Bronco's goes down. We, we were driving there. And when we got stranded, we looked up uh, this place. And no kidding, like the, the Yelp reviews say that this is literally the best pizza you will ever have in your life. Now, I, I find that uh, slightly difficult to believe that this random place out in the middle of Indiana, just outside Hebron, Indiana, is the best pizza we're ever going to have in our life, but we're going to try it. We're, go- we're going to Broncos tomorrow night. Well, especially, especially now that you've had Rocky Rococo's. I mean, the bar, is obviously, the bar is obviously extremely high for you, so uh, you know, you're just... People enjoyed the, the, the Rocky Rococo's review uh, on, on the episode. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, the, the Broncos pizza review might, uh, might get us a few more listeners. I, I can't tell you how many people um, sent me notes on Twitter when uh, the uh, – maybe you, maybe you caught some of the stray crossfire on this, but uh, the, the Bayshore Mall was oh, I did say auction- that. They were auctioning off uh, the like sign – from the Rocky, like a number of things from the Rocky, the old Rocky Rococo's that's in, that was inside the Bay Shore Mall food court. And I got so many messages. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thank you to everybody who was so thoughtful. But um, I, I got repeated, uh, you know, messages of people imploring me to consider purchasing uh, memorabilia from the, the Rockies Bay Shore. And I, I thought about it a little bit. There was like a uh, metal. <laughs> I'm shocked like, you did it. Yeah, there's like there was like this like silhouette thing of the of the Rocky Rococo character. It was like fashioned out of like metal, um, and I was like, well, maybe I could get that because I mean, I figured you know like a ten foot, um, you know, electrified neon sign probably <laughs> doesn't fit in my home decor all that well. Um, but I thought, well, maybe I like metal thing, and then I was like, who am I kidding? My wife's gonna like look at me like I'm an idiot if I have like a you know three foot like you know uh, metal sculpture of a weird looking Italian guy with a mustache uh, shows up at my house. She's going to say, where the hell are we going to put this? So uh, I, I opted not to, to, mm-hmm. to make a bid. Um, and I think the prices end up being kind of crazy anyway. So hopefully those, uh, those found Can't put a price homes. on a Rocky Rococo sign. Frank. You know, yeah, you know, I'm saving my money. I'm the money. I'm, I'm not going to spend money on Rocky Rococo signs. I'm going to <laughs> save it for Rocky Rococo pizza. pizza. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and uh, just focus on that. They, for those that were, you know, concerned. They they did open up a new one, uh, like a new storefront. It's like a proper storefront uh, next to the mattress firm uh, in the the Bayshore Bayshore uh, Mall thing there. So, um, I basically I have to root for the Bayshore Mall to not die purely to uh, make sure that uh, that Rocky stays open. So, um, yeah, shout out to uh, to Rockies. Uh, although I gotta say, 
you know, I kind of went fishing a, a couple times like a year or two ago with their uh, social media, their like Twitter thing, like, you know, adding them, making references, seeing if they kind of play along completely asleep at the wheel. It's like Rockies. Come on. You know, yeah, that's, like, that's like, like, I mean, you, you gotta, you got a chance to get some, some free viral, uh, you know, you know, talk here. Right. Like, I mean, Rockies, you have 1100 followers. I got 15 times as many followers <laughs> as you. And you know, I'm I like literally just throw me a coupon, throw me a coupon for a free super slice or something like that. Like, Oh, let's make this happen. And yeah. you know, again, they're just, uh, they're just completely, I don't know who's running social media for them, but they're, they're completely out to lunch. Probably eating Rockies. So you got to play the long game with this type of thing, Frank. I've been doing this with the hop um, for the last uh, year, year and a half uh, with with the hop. You just got to, you know, right now it's free to ride the hop uh, around Milwaukee. Fantastic, fantastic service, by the way, if if the hop social media are listening. Uh, And I'm playing the long game because eventually I think the hop's not going to be free. And when it's uh, no longer free, if I ever have to put a cent into getting uh, on the hop for a ride, I will be furious for all the, the PR I've been pumping out for that. Let's see. I, wait, so I didn't know this. So you're saying the, uh, the, the street, the, 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 hop the magnificent is, streetcar. Yes. It's free. The streetcar is completely free. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I think it's part of what I mean, funding that one. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, eventually it's not going to be. And like I said, uh, when it's no longer free, uh, hopefully my hard work is. Uh, you're is gonna, fine. yeah, you're gonna have to be like a, a local celebrity endorser <laughs> or something like that. I, I didn't care, yeah. man. I just love free stuff. All right, I'm not shy about that. Do you? Do you actually? Well, where Where do you take the hop from right now? I mean, like, it doesn't do really go it? far, to be totally honest. But I can get it from the east side. I can get it from the east side to the third ward, which is kind of handy. I like going to the public market. is always is always nice. I'm always hanging around, uh, hanging around there. So at least, it, you know, like in summer, sure, I could walk from the east side to the market. That's no problem. But you know, when it's driving snow or the middle of winter and you don't feel like walking uh, and, and, and freezing, then it's, it's pretty handy. I don't think there's a Rocky Rococo's location uh, on the hop. Uh, no route so i i you know our dreams of really kind of tying together all these these loose ends um is, is i guess gonna have to be uh wait for another day that we're, we're gonna need a more extensive hop to uh to, to get us there but um anyway i think we've exhausted all, uh, everything we could possibly talk about Kane. We're, we're talking about taking a, a street car to a a pizza place that you know doesn't uh, reciprocate <laughs> my social media love for them so i think i think we're we're, we're getting close to that time yeah, we've we've basically got to the end of this podcast, and now we're uh, both grown adults here, just begging for free stuff. You for pizza, yeah. for a free uh, the streetcar ride, which is already actually free. So I mean, that's where we're at right now. But uh, like I said, stay tuned for the Broncos review. It actually won't be uh, for Wednesday morning's pod because I'm going to have to record before we hit the road to Indiana. But after the Pacers game, there will be a full review of Broncos pizza. So stay tuned for <laughs> stay tuned for that one. But I think we should. I think we should probably wrap this up. The Bucks beat the Kings one twenty three, one eleven, forty six and seven. Now on the season, I keep saying this, but now they need to finish fourteen and fifteen. They can have a blow five hundred finish to the regular season and still win sixty wins. It, it's uh, it's absolutely remarkable. But one more game before the All Star break, they will travel to Indiana as we've just discussed to play Malcolm Brogdon and the Pacers on Wednesday night. That's on ESPN. Uh, But for now, for Frank Madden and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.